listening to the Oracle of Light podcast. I am your host, Shauna DeMellon. This week, Joshua Black, PhD, who is a grief researcher, speaker, and host of the Grief Dreams podcast, is joining us. His work focuses on dreams and continuing bonds after loss, including prenatal and pet loss. As one of the leading academic experts in grief dreams, which can be dreams of the deceased, Dr. Black has directed his efforts on raising awareness about this fascinating phenomenon through media interviews, in addition to speaking engagements and workshops. In addition to his website, griefdreams.ca, you can find him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse at Grief Dreams. Welcome, 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 welcome. I am just so thrilled that you're here with us, and I'm so, so excited to have this conversation with you. As I mentioned just a few minutes ago, I've been skulking you for about a year now, just so fascinated with the work that you do. And I think it's it's so important to give space to the whole idea that our, our loved ones can communicate and connect with us through our dreams. And so I would love for you to tell us how how everything began. How did you start on this journey? Where did it begin? What does that look like? You know, it's not something that I planned, but life is, is funny and the way it sort of provide guidance or a pathway that you didn't really think was possible. Um, so for me, I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. That's, that was my goal. And it was a goal for my, my dad really tried to push that into me since I was a kid. And so I kind of went that way. He said, he had, you know, teachers, especially I'm from Canada. So we have pretty decent pay and you have good pensions. And so he's like, this is the, this is the place for you. And then that's what I was going to university for. So I was in, um, what was it? The, my second last year and that's when he died. And so it was one of the first, major deaths I've ever had in my life. And I didn't really know how to process it to um, say the least. I was, I was a male in a society where we didn't really talk about our feelings. And um, my dad never talked about his feelings. And so it was just like, I didn't know what to do with that sadness. And so I remember just crying um, and wanting the tears to stop. That was like my, the goal I could feel inside. I just want this, this pain, this, the tears and everything to stop. I just want to go back to like my life. And so after the funeral, I was able to go back to my life and the tears did stop, which was great. It was kind of my intention. But what wasn't my intention was all the color also came out of the world. And so I was like walking around this like black and white world. I was still getting good grades, still can go to work, but I had no life in me. And so I was like walking around this like black and white world. A lot of people would say that I'd be like depressed. And I just thought this is how grief is. This is how life's going to be. Like, I never really thought I could change it in any way because no one really talked about grief. So I just thought this is what must, this is what it must be. Mm-hmm. And then I had this dream of my father, which was really insane. So I wasn't asking for one. I wasn't even looking for one. But it was three months later, I had this dream where I was in my room and it was cool. Everything in my room was exactly the same way as it was in waking life. And, you know, usually there's some stuff that's different in dreams, but this was like so accurate. And I had a lot of junk at that time in my room. I kind of got the hoarding from my father, but that has changed. But, you know, there's, there's a part of him in that dream, but there's a lot. So like to get that right is very difficult. Uh, then so he was, he was looking through some of the clutter or some of the junk that I had, or he would say treasures. <laughs> I like that, treasures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I saw him and he was looking healthy. 
and really light is the best way to put it. And I've only ever really seen him in, in waking life very heavy because he had a lot of trauma in life. He didn't know how to control his emotions. He drank a lot. And so he didn't know how to process those emotions. He just had this like heaviness as he walked through life. And so it's the first time I actually saw him like different in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I walked up to him and I said, I'm going to miss you, acknowledging the loss. Uh, I told him I loved him and we hugged. And then I woke up. And when I woke up, the most amazing thing happened. I was different. And I wasn't different because I interpreted the dream. I was different because of the dream. And the color came back into my world. And I, I remember sitting at the edge of my bed thinking, what was that? It was different than any other dream I've really had prior. And it just, it completely changed me. I did a 180 from what I was to what I am now. And then I was able to regulate my emotions moving forward. But it was, it was something special and still very special to me. I still don't know fully what it is, but it's made me sit in the mystery of life. But I understood how important that topic was for me, just being able to move forward with grief. And from there, as I sort of walked, walked the journey, I got into teacher's college to, and I got the interview and everything, but something didn't feel right. And so I just trusted my intuition and turned it down, which is the most craziest decision because I had no plan B. So I don't know what I was turning it down for, but I just knew I, sh- I, I need to turn it down. So I did. And as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life, because none of the jobs were meaningful in any way, I started volunteering at a hospice who they offer bereavement support by volunteers. And so I started doing that. And what was interesting was I never shared my dream with anyone. And so when I got there, people kept asking about these dreams or asking about what these dreams mean. Why am I not dreaming about the person? Like, does that mean something? It's usually the, what they put on it was very negative and actually complicated their grief. Other times people um, just wanted to share their dreams. And it was such a weird thing because I wasn't asking about it, but it was coming up. And so when I looked to the literature to try to help people understand their negative dreams or understand why they weren't having dreams, there wasn't, wasn't anything there for them. And so at that moment, I had to sort of, I looked and like, is this something I could do? Could I go back to school and actually research something, which I never wanted to be a researcher? <laughs> um, and after I gained enough courage to be able to do that, because I knew it was going to be a steep learning curve, um, and then getting into the places where, which would allow me to do this research, since there are no researchers out there doing this. So you have to find a supervisor that's willing to allow you to do something new, which is very different than what you're supposed to do, which is someone coming in to your lab and you're doing something that they're already doing. So no one was doing this. And so I, there's two people that were, that said yes to me, which is amazing. And I was able to do my master's and PhD in the topic and answer the questions that I, the brief had way back when. And yeah, and here I am now trying to just like to raise awareness of the topic, but I didn't really know the vastness of this topic until I started doing my uh, master's and PhD in psychology. Um, the, the field's so much bigger than I thought it was. And I think that's just because the limited research understanding of how people view these dreams, I realized how big a topic this truly is and how this is beyond a spiritual topic. It's really a human experience. It's something that people all over the world, and if you're an atheist or you're spiritual, you're having these dreams just as frequent. So it's a very interesting thing um, to be a part of because I'm sitting in the mystery of it all because you sort of can see the negative dreams, but you see the beauty of some of these dreams and how they can really help people through that through some of the hardest times in their life. That is so amazing. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it's fascinating because in in the line of work that I do as a medium, I have so many 
So many people that say to me, you know, I had a dream about my mother. Do you think that was real? Yes. <laughs> I had this dream. Do you think it was real? Yes. And it's just, it's so beautiful to be able to confirm that for people because it's, it's almost like it's, and when I read for people and I ask loved ones to come through and show themselves at their happiest, at their most joyous, and, and that's when they come in. And that's often how we see loved ones in our dreams. It's like they're lighter, they're, they're in this different space, the energy is different. It's just, you know, it's, a, it's like it's unconditional love, and it's just healing. And there's just so much. And I love, love, love that the dream of your father was the catalyst. Like it just, it just absolutely shifted everything so dramatically for you. I think that that's just so incredible. Do you think, do you think there was any element, do you think there are any, any particular elements from that dream that you've been able to sort of capture as to maybe like, was it forgiveness? Was it healing? Was there anything else that came from that dream for you? You're really looking back. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my father. He died very suddenly. And so I could see that as a block. And so that helped release that, be able to say goodbye, which was something I did in the dream. The other thing was I told him I loved him, which was something that I said, like, as good males in society, we didn't show our emotion. And so even though we loved each other, we never said it. And probably the last time I said to him, I was probably like five or something. And now I'm like 24. So there's you know a good 20 year gap there probably since we said it to each other. And I think that was meaningful to me. And it's something that I probably didn't know I really wish I could have said. Um, but that dream can really inform me on that. And I think too, just the space of love, as you're sort of talking about in these very positive and comforting dreams, was very different because, you know, looking at like so many other dreams and like looking at my own and my dad's lightness, there wasn't any kind of negative, I guess, energy or negative neg negativity within that space, which even in like a very beautiful moment in waking life, there's always these negative thoughts or fears or worries that are going on in the background. But for some reason, I feel like it was the most calm place. Like it, there wasn't those anxieties, even though I knew he was dead and I knew, you know, like whatever, like there wasn't those types of anxiety. It was just a loving energy or space. I think that helped a lot in switching because I, there's probably more, definitely more research to be done. But I think that being such a common element throughout a lot of these comforting dreams, I feel that has probably the biggest impact that we don't even know um there's a quote that says by neem crowley baba says you know love is the most powerful medicine and i sort of go back to that in the sense of what can a loving space truly do to someone yeah. and i think that encapsulates that and it says what kind of work it can really do You're like yes saying goodbye and i love them was big but i think there's something about the space in which that was said that yeah. also had a huge impact in me being able to change so, so quickly like it was it's yeah it's it's it's, it's beautiful it's a beautiful moment and it's hard to explain at the same time absolutely I, I totally get that thank you that is it is it's absolutely beautiful and so from your perspective you know what if someone were to say to you what is a dream what is that so someone has never had a dream they don't even know what that is and they came to you and said what are you talking about what's a dream what is that like what what could you what would you say to someone if they ask you what is that? I've never experienced it. They're new to planet Earth. What is a dream? What is this? What, what, how do I understand this? What is it? Yeah, well, a technical definition would be like any thought, sound, vision that you have while you're asleep, right? So, and whatever happens there, um, well, that would be considered a dream. And then different cultures and different things have different ideas of what dreams are in the sense of where you go and spirits come in and, and all that sort of stuff. 
Um, but really it's like waking reality, but just in this different state of consciousness um, for someone, right? So that's the best way to put it. It's like you're alive and you're, it's like walking around that you normally do, but there's going to be things that are usually different than what you would expect. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, 10% of the population doesn't remember dreaming. And it's, it's not that they're not dreaming. It's just don't, they don't remember it. And so it's a very interesting thing on what dreams we remember and which ones we don't, because that's its own kind of mystery, but it really puts in the to play about, you know, our culture and how we downplay dreams. And one of the reasons why we don't dream as frequently as we could it's because we don't value dreams and what they can provide us in the sense of understanding on our own life or just value in the sense of the beauty of dreams sometimes and the function of how they, they can help us problem solve in many ways. Where other cultures, they actually, you know, they want people to talk about them. They want that to be a part of the conversation in the mornings. Where in this culture, we don't really talk about it. And so because of that, our frequency isn't as high, but we can actually increase our frequency just by writing them down in the morning, by talking about them, just seeing value within them. And, you know, that's just something I've learned along the way and research has shown. Oh, I love that. There was a, there's a technique that I learned years ago and it was, you know, right before you go to sleep, you, you know, you, you conjure up, you know, whoever you'd like to have come visit you in your dreams. And I do this with my son, Jack, all the time to this day, I still do it with him. I'm like, Oh, Jack, come visit me in my dreams. Let's do this. And, it's fun. And, and, you know, it's interesting too, because it's, it's, it just, I think it just opens up, opens people up to the possibility that there's more, you know, and I don't, I don't try to convince people that the way I see the world is the way it is. And this is what it, it's not black and white. It's, there's so many different spectrums. And I think that it's, it's, it is very powerful. Um, and, you know, and there's this, each and every person that's always shared a dream with me um, of a deceased loved one, there is this, this glimmer of hope. And there is just this, this sense of peace that washes over them to know, okay, they're okay. And then we're still connected and it was okay. It was different. And it, I just find the whole thing is just absolutely fantastic. Now you mentioned something earlier about, um, about negative dreams. Like what, talk a little bit about that. So as you said, like a lot of people, they may want a dream or they're trying to conjure up a dream or, or whatnot, or they see these dreams as visitations, as you're saying, and they can offer hope. And so what's interesting is that people will see even negative dreams as haunting, so a negative visitation. And so because of that, you know, they have different complications because around 30, 40% of the people that I've sort of uh, surveyed over the time will have a negative dream of the deceased at some point. And so, with that, what those dreams would entail would be a couple of things. One would be seeing them um, ill or dying again or dead within the dream. It uh, could be the deceased chasing them or trying to convince them to sometimes even take their own life to, to come to the afterlife with them. And so, you know, those things, it's like you need to sort of view it in a different light, I, I think anyways, um, just because it can lead to a lot of different complications uh, and within one's own grief journey. And so those are the, the negative dreams that people can have. And I always feel sorry when people have those because a lot of times they are repeated. And, you know, we looked in like so some of the research I've done was to try to understand why some people are having negative dreams while other people aren't. And there are a couple of different things. So one is basically trauma symptoms. So people who are having higher forms of like trauma symptomatology, they have a higher likelihood of having more of these negative dreams. To come in and then so the other thing was unresolved feelings of guilt or blame 
And so you can really see that in some of the imagery that comes through. And so it's just, I think for people, you know, since people are listening to this, they're probably into the afterlife and spirituality and stuff like that. So just understanding that, you know, what, what do we know about dreams so far just in research? And what we do know is that dreams represent our waking life. And so when we're happy or joyful, we tend to have more positive dreams just in general. And when we're negative or sad, we're going to have more negative dreams in general. And after trauma, what they found is you have even more consistently negative dreams. And so what we would expect when it comes to the disease in dreams, we would expect them to be negative. That's what we would expect. Um, but what's interesting is that the opposite is true. More people are um, more often having positive and more comforting dreams of the deceased than negative, which goes against what we would have expected, which allows me to say that there's something different going on with these dreams than other typical dreams, which is, I think, just as a scientist, it's just kind of cool. You're like, you know, something else is going on here that's helping people or wanting to help people through the grieving process um, and, and really maintain that continuing bond in one way or another. And said so, like these dreams are happening with those who are spiritual and those who aren't. And so you don't need to be spiritual to gain the benefits of what these dreams can represent. And sometimes it's just being able to be with them one more time is all people need. It doesn't matter how they interpret it. This that moment of being together when you thought you'd never have that opportunity again, or the last moment was something that's very negative or traumatizing to have now that as the last memory or to go back and relive memories that maybe you forgot. And, to, and that's one of the, one of the issues with that, uh, the bereaved bring up is that they're worried they're going to forget some of the memories that they do have and so that allows people to feel that they didn't lose that they're that they're so those memories are still inside them in a way and so yeah those are that's sort of the biggest thing and then it's also understanding too that people's religious beliefs can also impact the comfort they get from the dream so the dream itself can be negative right but also the interpretation someone puts on the dream let's say if it's positive, can also be negative and stressful. So if someone believes in reincarnation, there's a couple, um, I remember there's an article that was written how after two years, certain Buddhists uh, in Cambodia believe that it's a negative sign if you have a dream of deceased because they believe it's a visitation, but if it is, it means that the person's not reincarnated yet and an unreincarnated soul can hinder you in your, in your own health. And so they really sort of, then they make, they have to perform these merits and it's just very stressful for them. Other people out there, um, I know some Christian pastors will say, even if you have a very beautiful dream like I had of being able to say goodbye, they would say it's a devil in disguise. And so they try to downplay it. And so they change the negative dream or the positive dream into something negative, which I hear actually a lot um, when I talk, do talks and stuff. Rather than allowing people to just feel what they feel, they put a judgment on if it's appropriate within their religion or not without seeing any of the data. And I think that's, you know, the sad thing. Not all say like not all Christians will believe that. Some Christians believe that the visitations, other people don't know. Same with Buddhists, right? Like I've talked to enough to know that there's a variety of different views in any kind of religion or culture. Um, and I think if we can just look at the research to really base our judgments on that as we move forward, I think it's very important. Because all of past judgments are just based on word of mouth. And I think that's, it's not, a lot of stuff's not even in their own spiritual books, just something that they've developed based on their own understanding of maybe the afterlife or souls or something like that. Um, but to be able to actually look at the research, you actually make a better, I think, a judgment or understanding of maybe what these dreams um, are doing. 
I love that. And, you know, it, it's so true. You touched on, you know, there, I find that that different groups and organizations, there are so many different points of view. And it's like these points of view are just sort of passed around. And this is, you know, this is just the way it is. And, um, you know, a lot of the work that I've done in the last few years is, is really, you know, a lot of the people that I work with as well are, are very intuitive and they're, and they're connected in and they, they question things and they're, you know, on a, a soul journey, their soul growth, if you will. And we often talk about how does that feel for you? You know, if somebody says to you, it's the work of the devil, I mean, like people, you know, when they, they learn that I'm a medium half are, are really curious and they want to share things. The other half are absolutely terrified. Right. And I have fun with it. I tell them, you know, the goats we're sacrificing goats later, come back. Right. Like I have fun with it at this point, but you know, there were, you know, I grew up Catholic. And so there were a lot of points of view around, you know, what we were doing was wrong and it's the work of the devil. And it's, it's not, you know, and, and I love to tell people that, this is, this is such a beautiful gift. When you have a dream of one of your loved ones there, the potential there is just so beautiful. And like you were saying, I mean, if there's unresolved trauma, if there's, there's something else that's sitting there, it's, it's a representation of what's going on in our world. Um, I have a client, you know, she'll check in every, mm, I'd say month or two. And, and she has like a dream dictionary. So she'll send me an email and say, Hey, I dreamt about a green, a green bird. And this is what it meant. And do you think that corresponds with my life? And I think it's fun. I just, I think, (laughs) You think, I think it's horrible. That's awesome. If that lights you up, I'm not here to tell you otherwise. If that, you know, if, that really, if that lights you up, if you love that, right? I'm like, just go with it. That's amazing. Own it, embody it. And it just, you know, I also, right. And I also, <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> and it's just like, you know what? If I think it's an invitation to more. And I think it really comes back to understanding what's true for us. I mean, I know when I, when I dream of my grandparents, it's like, it's, they're there in the room with me. I can feel them like they're here. You know, when Jack comes in, it's just, it's the same thing. It's just like, ah, there you are. It's just, there's this, there's this, and you're, you mentioned it earlier. There really are not, there aren't enough or the right words to describe what it feels like and how it impacts people. And I think it's just, I think it's just really keeping people open to the possibility. What if, what if these dreams are real? What if your experiences are real for you? And I find that people often have these beautiful experiences. And then the logical mind is like, "Mm, maybe it's because you had spicy food at lunch. Mm, Maybe not. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And it's like, they want to categorize it or make it wrong or sort of talk it away. And so I, I really value the work that you're doing because I think it just gives that arena to so many people to really sit with it. Because we know in our heart when we have that connection with a loved one on the other side, we just, we feel it. It's like, oh, it, that just hits you right in your heart. And so I, again, I just, I love the work that you do. I think it's just so fantastic. Now, there was something that I, I had read about in your work about dreams for someone else. Can you touch on that? <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I said like the world, this, this topic is bigger than I thought. Cause I was, when I was going in, you start collecting and talking to people and, um, people start sharing these experiences with you, you get so many things that really make you sit in the mystery of life. And one of these things is that sometimes people won't have their own dreams. And, you know, I looked into that because it said it provides a lot of concerns, especially for people who um, are spiritual because they may want the confirmation that they've crossed over, that they still love them. They're not mad at them because they had to maybe sell the house. Or they didn't get to do the funeral that they wanted to, especially like now with the COVID restrictions and stuff. A lot of stuff didn't happen the way people wanted to. And so sometimes people will think that 
them not dreaming is a sign that of something they did or like it's a connection issue of some sort. Um, and then sometimes people around them will dream and they get jealous of that. And so what's interesting is that I've heard multiple times where people will have a dream um, and the character itself wants them to share it with their deceased, let's say parent. And sometimes a person is someone who knows the um, the bereaved really well, the parent really well. Other times it's like an acquaintance or a stranger and they have to sort of gain the courage to then message the person and say, hey, I had a dream about you know so-and-so. And I actually have a, uh, I don't know if I have it here, of someone who actually um, did that. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, yeah, it was actually on another interview. And she brought this up because she was a radio host. And so she had this dream of someone else's child. And they sat down at this, basically, diner. Um, and then he told her that you know, he was so sad not to be with his mom and dad anymore and how much he missed them. Uh, then he stopped in the conversation and said, please tell my dad, I love you and I'm having so much fun. And then she woke up from this dream. And so she didn't know what to do with it. Like she knew the guy on Facebook, but they haven't talked in like since high school kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so she started asking her colleagues. They all said, don't do it. They're going to think you're crazy. And so she didn't do it, but for a week of just gnawing at her. And so finally she just like said, I'm just going to send it, send out a message. And so she did, she's had the courage to be able to do that. And what was beautiful about it is that the individual took it really nice on the other side and messaged back and saying, what's crazy was I've been waiting and looking for a sign for my son. And, and that I believe is what I was looking for. Thank you so much. Yeah. And so I think these dreams can also be used to, maybe have trust in the world and others and use people within your own journey to get support. Because sometimes we try to do this alone and these dreams really can help connect people when maybe connection wasn't there. And they're probably going to, they probably have a bond now that they didn't have before because that was the moment. And so like in a lot of people who don't have these dreams, it could be for many reasons, but one of them with research has shown that dream recall frequency is one of the major predictors. So if you don't recall a lot of your dreams, you're gonna have a harder chance to remember one of these types of dreams. So you may be having these dreams, but you just may not be remembering them. And so that's the whole thing about increasing your dream recall can, can help with that probably. And then so, so this, so what's interesting is, so those people who tell me about dreams for other people, what they always sort of talk about afterwards is that person never had a dream. And so it seems to me that like, there's something else going on, but at the end of the day, it's a very, beautiful thing to witness and someone have the courage to share a dream with someone else like that. I know some other times people are just scared to even share a dream they had without like just of like say my father to share with other people in their own family because they feel that the other person may get jealous or may not have one. And so often when people bring up the topic to other people, they both had really beautiful dreams and like and but they didn't want to share with one another because they thought the other person didn't not going to have one and so i think at the end of the day i think asking people if they've had a dream your um like of the person that died can be very important because you'll be able to use that almost as your dream too because if you're looking for confirmation let's say they crossed over you can use their dream as a sign and just understand that we're all made a little different and not having a dream doesn't mean anything when it comes to your love together and whether it still exists or not.
I love that. And I, I love the idea, you know, if somebody, if somebody has incredible dream recall, then the spirit world can, can utilize them to bring in the dream and the message to get to someone else. I think that's just fantastic. I mean, I just, I, I, that could be a whole other conversation. I mean, I think that that's just absolutely beautiful. Now, what about astral travel? What are your thoughts on astral travel? No idea. Okay. <laughs> can't test it. Can't okay. test it. I have no idea. No one's really talked about it too much. I know some of the dreams that people have, they feel they've been somewhere else, like to heaven or like the place where the deceased is. So like yeah. as if they traveled away from, I guess, earth per se. Yeah. Um, but that's less frequent. A lot of times it's in like sort of the same kind of world that they're a part of. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have much to say about that. That's fine. Yeah. That's okay. Now, you talked about, you know, with the dream recall that that can be impacted by trauma and different things. So, so what are, again, what are, what are certain things that could impact dream recall? And then are there any things that, that we can do to sort of enhance our dream recall that you're aware of? Yeah. So one of the interesting things is that we already talked about is that dream recall really isn't a permanent thing. Like if you value it, you start writing down your dreams, you're going to have more of them. There's going to be that percent of the population that just can't remember their dreams. And that's, you know, it's just what they have to work through um, within their process. And that's why it can be beneficial using other people's dreams. Um, but for the 90% of other people, you could like really increase that in different ways. And so um, that's probably the best way to be able to do that. And, but the thing to always remember is that dreams do reflect our waking life in many, many ways. And so when you increase your recall, you're going to have more, you're probably going to have more negative dreams because you're grieving. And so it may not be a negative dream of the deceased, but you just may, may have negative dreams in general. Um, it could be like you running down a mountain or being chased or just, you know, feeling like you're drowning. It's just the heaviness of, of life and what you're trying to work through. It's, it's, it's hard. And so a lot of your dreams will reflect that. And so it's really great to, I think, understand these dreams, have the reflection to try to get meaning from those negative dreams. So they don't, cause you as much distress because a lot of times when people have nightmares it's because they don't understand what the dream's trying to tell them and i always like to say like dreams can be our best friend um, that we never really had because it tells you a truth about yourself and what you're working on um, even if you don't want to hear and sometimes we portray we're better than we truly are but if you're having negative dreams it means that there is something that is off that you're not working through in waking life and this can be a really helpful tool to understand what your mind is trying to process to then be able to help it in waking life and try to process that either with your counselor or to talk about it with someone. I remember I had uh, this individual contact me and she had this negative dream of her husband that was deceased coming back and basically, you know, surprising her at her front door and then um, basically saying that he was, he's not dead. He was actually in hiding and that was back to be with her again. And she's like, why would you do this to me? And she's like, oh, I want to be together. He's like, oh, and she's like, I can't. I'm with, with someone new. He's like, well, if I can't be with you, but then I want all the money that you inherited. And if you give it back to me, then I'll, I'll leave you alone. And she's like, why would you do something like this? Uh, you know, and at, as the dream goes on, he becomes more menacing and, and threatening to her and her new partner. And so she had this repeatedly and she thought it was a, like a visitation. So she couldn't understand why he was doing this in, in a way. 
Um, and then when you actually look at it and how do you, how does it connect to waking life? So that's always the main thing. And it was just a, she wasn't using discernment to understand how it was connecting. And so when you look at it, the first thing is this new partner is the main theme of that dream. And so how difficult it must be for someone who is in a new relationship to love two people at the same time. And also the other thing is that sometimes that new partner will want you to push away your grief or to take down pictures or to not, you know, have their clothes around, um, or you feel pressure to do it yourself because you're in a new relationship. And so you're not giving your grief the space it needs to actually do what it needs to be done. So it can really cause a lot of conflict there. But, and the other thing though, when, when you ask her what's the most difficult thing um, in that has happened since the, the death, she said it's actually the money. And so the money was such a significant theme in that dream. And so you really see this connection. She said it was so unjust that she feels it's so unjust that she's the one that gets to use the money and enjoy the money when he works so hard for it. And so she's having a very difficult time processing, processing that injustice. And she's probably using that money on the new relationship also. So it just complicates things a little bit more. And so rather than jumping that it's haunting, it's like, oh no, these are two issues that you should be really talking about. And my understanding is as you work through those, those dreams will change and they'll probably turn into something a little more positive um, as you sort of move forward. But, you know, so that's one of the ways of really reducing the distress of these dreams is to understand where it's actually coming from. Uh, the other thing you can do is called dream rescripting because sometimes it can take a long time to process your dreams or to work through some of the, the trauma or the issues that um, are, are going on. And so another thing you can do is called dream rescripting, which is about changing the dream into something more positive. Um, and that could be changing the ending, could be bringing a character in and, and change some of the details that works for adults and children. And what the goal is to not be avoidant of the dream, but to basically, basically um, have power over the dream to give you something more comforting. And so at this rate, um, research has sort of shown that by doing that, you actually reduce the distress, but you also reduce the dreams from even occurring. And it's a really quick fix. And it's funny because I did it as a child. I had a lot of nightmares as a kid um, of being chased. And I always would wake up almost getting caught. And then I would just, oh, I, I did the wrong thing. And so I would always like make a new path, which would give me the comfort. Like, oh, next time I'll, I'll, I got this, right? And I, I would always get away. And so it's just something as simple as that um, can really help people as they move through. And what's interesting is what they found is that, you know, dealing with your trauma will impact your dreams. But by just working on your dreams, by doing something as simple as that, can actually impact your trauma. Because a lot of times these dreams, they trigger our trauma and our grief, as you probably sort of heard about. And so like, there's a, it's very great to understand what can be done so it's not like a helpless state and a lot of people do feel helpless and when they do go look they go to the dream dictionary to try to figure it out but those aren't great because those aren't your symbols everyone's dream symbols are different and so when you start looking at something else someone else's symbols now you're confusing which symbols are yours and which symbols are just something you read and then it's just really confusing and a lot of times too it doesn't teach you how to work with the dreams because it's very rare you just have a dream of ducks. Like it's, it's like there's ducks and you're walking and there's a pan, like there's just like, a, it's a story. And so the story needs to sort of um, be worked through. And so it's its own little language. But with, I think if anyone really wants to, there is material out there on how to work with your dreams. And if you're, you have a desire for it, you'll figure out your language. Um, it's yours, it's from your experiences. And sometimes you just need a little help doing that. And there are some resources out there, but a lot of times you go for that quick fix, that, that dream dictionary. But I would just say that's a waste of time, if anything.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's more of an entertainment value. It's, it's, <laughs> I think it's funny. It's like you know, again, people all the time. I had this dream, and I looked it up in the dictionary, and it said this, and it said that, and it was like, okay, if that's if that works for you, I find um, I have uh, I know several people that you know when they have when they have a dream that you know has you know one of their deceased loved ones, and it has all these different details, and there are different things. It's like I find that they'll. Um, they'll sit with it as soon as they wake up and they just sort of journal and they sort of bring it all to life. And it's almost like they're still sort of in that dream state. And it's really cool because then it's like, they're able to, you know, sort of tap into their intuition and sort of connect into the energy of the dream. And, and really what are the messages and what are the, you know, what are the parallels with their, their waking life, as you mentioned earlier. And it's, it's really profound. And I find, I find that dreams can be such a beautiful tool for us to help us understand, you know, is there trauma that we still need to look at? Is there forgiveness? Were there words left unsaid? Is there something we need to to work on? And so I just, I think that the whole idea is just so beautiful and, and just, it's, I think it's just so important for people to be able to talk about it. You know, and it, it, a lot of people think it's just, it's woo woo. It's weird. It's just, you know, they sort of push it away because they, 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 they don't have concrete evidence. And, you know, it, it's interesting because I had someone say to me the other day, they said, well, how do I know that you're really connecting with my mother? How do I know? And I said, well, how do you know that you're breathing? How do you know you're breathing oxygen? I mean, really how, where, where do you want to start the conversation or finish it? It's, it's, you know, take what resonates and leave the rest. And so again, yeah. I love the idea that, that people are, are starting to, starting to really value the gift that our dreams can bring us and show us. I mean, there's just so much that's going on in our minds. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, you know, with the trauma and our losses and, you know, it's a beautiful gateway for our loved ones to be able to make that connection with us. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And now if people want to get in touch with you, how do they find you? Where do they find you? <laughs> well, if they, uh, they want to, to learn more about grief dreams, you can go to griefdreams.ca. I also have the Grief Dreams podcast where, you know, people come on and talk about their stories and and how it impacted them, the positive and negative dreams. And then on Instagram, at Grief Dreams. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. I love everything that you do. All the work is fantastic. I I hope that everyone who listens has an incredible, amazing (laughs) dream. (laughs) Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me.